Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Our reading today is Psalm 41. Before I read, let me lead us in a prayer. Our Father in heaven, we ask for your help now. As we listen to your word, give us hearts that are humble and hungry. By a deep work of your spirit, please change us to be more the people you would have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Psalm 41. For the director of music, a psalm of David. Blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desires of their foes. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. I said, have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? When one of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely while his heart gathers slander. Then he goes out and spreads it around. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying, a vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. But may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. In the book, The House at Pooh Corner, Winnie the Pooh has a great friend called Roo, a young, happy, go-lucky kangaroo. Roo has a rather fussy mother called Kanga, who insists that no matter what else Roo does, he must take his strengthening medicine. Why? Because, like every parent, Kanga wants Roo to grow up to be strong. Our world prizes strength. Whether it's physical strength to excel at sports or academic strength to get great grades or to be popular or moral strength to do the right thing. As parents, we want our kids to be strong. And as we think about our futures, who wants to be weak? Who wants to be caught out as a, as a failure in sport, a, a failure in our studies, a, a failure in our friendships, a, a failure in our morality? Our world prizes strength and it fears weakness. The psalm before us is about weakness. The heading tells us it was written by David, one of the great kings of God's people of Israel. 
In so many ways, David was strong. He won many famous battles. He brought peace and prosperity. People looked up to him and honored him. And yet, as book one of the Psalms comes to an end, David urgently wants us to rethink our attitude towards weakness. Verse one sets the scene. Blessed are those who have regard for the weak. In a world that prizes strength, verse one, well, it sticks in the throat. To have regard for a weak person doesn't just mean that we notice them. No, it means that we take time to understand them, to be concerned for them, to actually step in and do something about their weakness. And when we crave strength, having regard for weak people, well, it, it rather gets in the way. If we want to be popular at school, hanging out with weak people isn't going to help us. If we want that promotion at work, taking time out to help a struggling colleague doesn't make sense. If we cram our diaries full of things that make us feel important, canceling our plans to go and sit with a a lonely person, it can feel like a waste of time. And yet this great king, King David says, verse one, that if we want to live a blessed life, it will mean having regard for weak people. Why would David say this? Whether we've been a Christian for many years or we're just dipping in for the first time, why are those who have regard for the weak, why are they the ones who are blessed? The rest of this psalm gives us the answer. Very simply, it is because that is what the Lord is like. The Lord has regard for weak people. Verse one again. Blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. So in verse two, if a person is surrounded by foes, the Lord will protect and preserve them. Verse three, if they get ill, the Lord will sustain and restore them. It doesn't quite come through in the English, but the picture is of the Lord himself tucking someone into bed, nursing them, caring for them with great tenderness. And this is astonishing. We began our service with those words from Psalm 113. The Lord is exalted over the nations. The Lord sits enthroned on high. He even has to lean forward and look down just to see the heavens, let alone the earth. The Lord is the Almighty One. And yet the Lord nurses the little ones, the sick and the weak. He tucks them in and wipes their brow and sits with them through the night. How often do we see it? when a person gets a promotion at work to a more senior role with more responsibility, with more power, so often it it changes them. They, They start to throw their weight around. They become insistent, demanding. The people they used to hang out with and talk to, well, now they're too important to be bothered. But not so with the Lord, who has absolute power, the Lord continues to have regard for the weak. It is wonderful news. 
And David wants this news to, to sing in our hearts. And so he gives us an illustration to help us really feel it. He tells us a story about a time when the Lord had regard for a weak person. And in a moment of extraordinary vulnerability, David tells the story about himself. The story runs from verse 4 up to verse 12. Let's pick it up. Verse 4. I said, have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. How hard it is for anyone to come clean and say, yes, I have sinned. To own the truth that sin is not just a problem that other people struggle with, but it is a problem in here. All the more remarkable, I think, that this is the great King David publicly confessing his sin, revealing to the world that he is a man of of moral weakness. But there's more. In verses 5 to 7, the camera pans around to the hospital ward. David is the patient brought low by some sickness, and he has a visitor. They bring a card, some flowers, and they, they gush with words of concern and sympathy, but the visitor speaks falsely. They're actually only come on a fact-finding mission to check out just how sick David is. And as they leave the hospital, verse 6, they start spreading rumors of David's demise. The verdict is there in verse 8. A vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Rather than being concerned for David, in his weakness, his enemies delight in it. They kick him while he's down. Uh, Just as an aside, I I think David's enemies are drawing a link between his sin and and his sickness. They think he deserves it. And there might be a link, but we just don't know. But many centuries later, when the disciples saw a man born blind, they asked Jesus, was it his sin or the sin of his parents that caused death? the blindness, and Jesus, with great compassion, replied, neither. We should be very slow indeed to draw a connection between another person's sin and their suffering. But here is David, brought low by his sin and suffering a terrible sickness, and his enemies are circling around waiting for his death. Well, at least David has his friends, right? Verse 9, Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. To share bread with someone was an act of intimacy and fellowship. But now even that trusted friend has jumped on the bandwagon of the enemies. And so David is all alone. He finishes his prayer as he began. Verse 10, crying out to the Lord for mercy. It's hard to think of a politician or a company CEO being this transparent about a time of weakness. So why does the king of Israel tell us about his weakness? Because David wants us to really believe the Lord does have regard for weak people. Verses 4 to 10 all happened in the past, but then David shifts forward to his present, and there is good news. Verse 11 I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemies do not triumph over me. Or verse 12, because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. 
David's integrity doesn't mean he's perfect. He's just been confessing his sin in verse four. No, his integrity means being honest about his sin. And while other people might write David off for confessing his sin, it is that integrity which means the Lord is pleased with him. Because this is what the Lord is like. The Lord has regard for weak people. And so it's no wonder that David finishes the psalm on a note of praise to the Lord. The double amen at the end of verse 13 is an invitation for us readers to join in and add our signature alongside David's as we too praise the Lord for he has regard for our weakness. In fact, we have even more reason than David to praise the Lord. Many centuries later, another king came into the world, a far greater king than David. But like David, this other king experienced weakness. He was surrounded by his enemies. He was mocked and scorned as they plotted his death. And his friends, well, they betrayed him. In fact, as Jesus shared a final meal with his disciples, he predicted his betrayal. Quoting Psalm 41, in fact, more than that, in order to fulfill Psalm 41, verse 9, Jesus says in John 13, verse 8, he who shared my bread has turned against me. He was, of course, talking about Judas, a friend who betrayed. You see, the suffering and weakness of King David is like a prequel to the suffering and weakness of the true King Jesus. And this means Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. He gets us. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Have you ever had a friend who does not see their own weakness? Well, quite frankly, they can be intolerable. When I give in to temptation, when I am sick, when I feel cut off and alone, I want someone next to me who understands how hard weakness is. And Jesus does. He sympathizes with our weakness. But more than that, Jesus saves us from our weakness. David was a sinner who needed mercy. Jesus was perfect and came to bring mercy by dying on the cross for our sins. And Jesus has been raised from death and now is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And when we put our trust in Jesus, we too will be raised with him. And one day, Jesus will return and we will stand in God's presence with him forever. In this life, we will continue to sin and get sick and be weak. But on that day, all weakness will be taken away. There is a warning here. Just as David asked the Lord to raise him up so that he may repay his enemies, so the Lord Jesus has been raised up from death to life. And one day he will come again to repay those who think they are strong and who reject his offer of mercy. But the main point is very clear. It's one of great encouragement. The Lord has regard for the weak. 
And so today, if we feel weak, cry out to the Lord. Perhaps like David, we feel weak because of our sin. The Lord is merciful. In fact, the Lord is far more merciful than we often are to other people. That's clear in Psalm 41. Or perhaps we feel weak because like David, we're sick or lonely or feel let down by others. Perhaps we live in fear of death. Jesus sympathizes with our weakness. He is concerned for us. We can trust him with our lives to sustain us now and to keep us safe until we stand in his presence in the new creation. The Lord has regard for the weak. But this psalm also challenges the way we view our weakness. No one likes to be weak. We like to be strong. But for David, his experience of weakness was the gateway for him to experience the Lord's compassion. This means it is good for us to confess our sin. So often we excuse our behavior by saying that we are, we are victims. And so imagine we lose our temper with our children one evening and it's much easier to justify ourselves by saying, look, I've had a hard day. Work's been stressful. That's the victim narrative. But actually, the real problem is in here, the sin within us. To confess our sin will mean being weak, but that weakness is the gateway into experiencing the Lord's mercy. And when we experience God's compassion towards us and our weakness, that is the great catalyst we need to be more compassionate towards others. Charles Coulson served as a special counsel to President Nixon during the Watergate scandal. When the scandal broke, he was found guilty and served time in prison. It was a humbling and distressing experience for Coulson. He, he lost his career, his reputation, his freedom. He was weak. But it was during his time in prison that he discovered the great compassion of the Lord who has regard for the weak. And after he served his time in prison, because Charles Coulson had experienced great compassion, afterwards he went and showed compassion to others. He, he started the prison fellowship, which continues to this day doing wonderful work amongst those in prison, holding out the good news of a God who has regard for weak people. You see, our, our regard for the weak reveals our understanding of our own weakness. If we don't grasp our own weakness, we will see other weak people as, as obstacles and challenges to avoid. But when we see our weakness, and as we look to Christ and see his compassion for us in our weakness. So our hearts are changed to have compassion on others. And so it's no wonder that King David, that the king who had learnt much in the school of God's compassion for weak people, it's no wonder that he says back in verse one, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. At his best, that is the way King David lived his life. 
It's the way the even greater King Jesus always lived his life. And it's the way all those who have tasted of the Lord's compassion are called to live our lives. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have regard for the weak. We thank you for the compassion of Jesus. You came into the world to help us in our weakness. And we thank you that one day we will be in your presence, sustained and restored forever. Amen.